Hey, thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Uncommon People podcast. This is a show about ordinary people and their extraordinary stories. I think everybody's got something to tell. Everybody has wisdom and truth to share, and we all have something to learn from each of those people. So I want to listen to these stories and give other people the chance to do so as well. I want to learn from them myself and let you do so. So if you'd be interested in having this kind of a conversation, please reach out to me. My website is joeltimothy.co. All my contact info is up there for you. This is episode 15 of the show. We're talking to Brandon Jennings, or I'm talking to Brandon, and um, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get a lot from it and that you manage to get through the whole thing. I think there's a lot here. This is a really fun conversation to have. So without further ado, here it is. closest thing to a stranger who's agreed to record with me so far okay we've only met once yeah we we had like conversation talked about stuff mm-hmm. but that's i think probably the most minimal interaction before recording yeah we have with somebody mm-hmm. which is cool yeah instagram is a cool platform every now and again yeah lately i've really been enjoying it for these mm-hmm. kinds of things yeah but um yeah, so go for it. What what are we what are we gonna talk about? I don't know. I usually kind of shoot the breeze for a little bit, just to get people you know relaxed. What did you do today? And did what is what you did today? What you do most days? Um, yeah. So uh, today, um, I started a project with a photographer, local photographer named Chuck Davis. Um, who is an older gentleman and has been shooting for as long as he's been alive. Like his, he was born with a camera in his hand, he says. And, um, he has a project that he is starting. Um, I can't talk too much about the project, Uh uh, but, uh, he is taking me on as his assistant. So, um, I can say that it's uh, wet plate prints. So, you know, large format, Uh big box camera. Yeah put the glass in, pull it out. And that's your negative basically. Okay. That's awesome. Um, and so we didn't do too much of that today. Uh, but we did go to Fort Smith and, um, like scout areas that we wanted to photograph and, um, saw some of his work hanging in the museum over there. And yeah. Okay. So second follow up to that is what I did today. What I like to do every day. And yes, um, I love to go out and just shoot life um, as a photographer. Um, just the mundane, really. Uh-huh. Like, everyday moments are really extraordinary to me. Um, so, yeah, I just like to go out, and sometimes stuff happens, and sometimes it doesn't. And then I go home and see what I found, and... I'm always pleasantly surprised. So That's great. Yeah. So do you do that like, I don't remember if we discussed what you do for work full time or what that, what that looks like for you. you yeah. Shooting. That's what I do full time. Yeah. That's great. And um, yeah, luckily uh, 
the pandemic happened yeah. and forced <laughs> me to uh, make my passion a, like, try to make it a career. Mm-hmm. So my wife of um, be five years, I can't believe it's, it'll be five years, um, this uh, June, uh, she is a graphic designer and is wonderfully supportive of me and everything that I do. And um, when the pandemic hit, I lost my job and I was getting unemployment, which was awesome. I was sitting around playing like video games all day and getting a paycheck every week. And that was fine. You know, like mm-hmm. I would clean the house and be like the stay at home house husband. Yeah. Um, no kids to take care of? Not yet. As of yet? Oh, yeah, okay. we'll get to that. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so she was like, you need to pick up your camera. You need to pick up your camera. And so I did, and I was started, like, shooting street when we would go on a trip or if we were going to Fort Smith or wherever, you know, mm-hmm. I'd just take my camera along and shoot. And, uh... Then I started to brainstorm of how I could turn that into a paycheck because I knew that I couldn't be unemployed for the rest of my life. It was a fun, like, vacation while it lasted, but I would have to do something. So fortunately, um, on my last job, which was uh, construction, I was doing uh, finished carpentry and woodwork. Um, I would... So at my last job, I would uh, go in after the project was done, usually full home remodels, and take pictures for the company. Okay. And so I kind of taught myself how to do real estate photography, mm-hmm. um, like getting the angles of a room to make it seem like the person that's viewing is actually like walking into the rooms and capturing the flow of the house. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was like, I could do that. And, and so I started up a website and, um, Kelsey designed some business cards and, um, just put myself out there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to give myself like three months to get some clients. And if nothing happens in three months and I'm going to go find a job. Second day that my website was live, I got a call for a house, a big, big house in um, Fayetteville. I'm like, that's cool. And then, like, later on that week, I got an email for um, from a company in New York that was opening a rehab facility in Eureka. And they're like, we need photos for the website. Hmm. And that was a commercial gig. So big paycheck, big property. And it would continue to generate passive revenue because they would need to continue licensing my images. So I was like, I could do this. And then all of a sudden it just like kind of died. <laughs> like I was like five, six houses a week, you know, and then boom, nothing. And I was like, what is going on? So um, I... You know, when I started the business, I had to start my Facebook back up and my Instagram, which I hate social media. Yeah. I gave it up for like, I've been off of it for like two years or something. 
And so I had to reteach myself that. And that was a big learning curve because like every month they're changing the platform and something yeah. new is added and different ways to algorithms work. And so, um, anyways, I, I was putting out on Facebook, like on the regular, like, Hey, um, uh, you know, falls just right around the corner. Let's do family photos or let's do senior pics or whatever. And that actually blew up more than the real estate stuff. So I was doing like five or six shoots, family shoots a week or senior portraits. And that's all right. It's like not what I love. Mm -hmm. And honestly, having to deal with like little children are uh, hard to photograph. They're hard to photograph. Yeah. You have to, you have to think about it a little bit. And you have to make sure everybody's looking the right way. And mm -hmm. um, so it, it paid the bills, but it wasn't what I was like passionate about. Yeah. And then around Christmas, we took a, uh, well, no, it was, it was shortly before Christmas. I was thinking about a photographer friend of mine, Craig Nelson that passed away abruptly um, on a road trip. He had a heart attack while he was behind the wheel of mm. his car. And um, he had started a series called Strangers Not So Strange, where he would set up brewskis every day at the same spot, um, the same time. And anybody that came by, he would just take their portrait. And so it had the same backdrop, the same, almost the same lighting. You know, there's a little... Uh, fluctuation with the lighting but they were all um on his polaroid hmm. uh okay. format polaroid so um he would take them and just like hand them to the people and then take another one and keep it so uh in the middle of that project he passed away and so he couldn't finish it but the images have been donated to nwac now so i was wondering what happened to him i found out recently that they were donated to NWAC, which was awesome um, but so going back like, um, uh, Christmas, I was, for some reason I was really thinking about him more. Like we used to go on road trips to Ponca and, um, he would let me mess around with his like large format, uh, view camera. And, um, and I was like, I, I want to kind of carry on his project in a way, but I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to start like interviewing people and capturing their portraits at the same time. Um, Sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> uh, and so that's um, my grandfather was the first one that, uh, that I practiced on because I, up until this point, like I had uh, just used natural lighting mm -hmm. um, relied on that heavily like flash lighting setups scared the crap out of me yeah as they do yeah it was very daunting and so i was like well i'm going to practice i had some practice with like real estate because you have to use a flash to bounce off the the ceilings mm -hmm. and and so um i practiced on kelsey like a handful of times just to get the editing down and then called my grandpa up and my grandpa is like the he's an interesting guy like he is the nicest doesn't know a stranger 
but he's also like really closed off and doesn't show any emotion, never says I'm sorry, he's never wrong about anything. But Kelsey Kelsey put it this way, he's like an he's a really nice bully because <laughs> it's like it's like you go over to their house, right? And he's like Hey, y'all want a cookie? And we're like, no, 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 we're, we're fine. He's like, no, you, no, you want a cookie. Like, that yeah, was a question. <laughs> shove it down your throat. I'm going to shove it down your throat, you know? Yeah. So he's a, he's a really nice bully. <laughs> um, but he's also, he has uh, Alzheimer's. Hmm. He's been um, fighting Alzheimer's for the last probably 10 years. It was really slow onset, which we're lucky that it was. But now it's um, kind of gone into the realm of dementia where he doesn't know, like, days or times, really. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the other day he asked me if, if Reagan was still in the White House, you know. Like, he doesn't know what, what's going okay. on. Okay. And um, so luckily, on the day that I called him, he was in one of these dementia kind of states. Because he was really affectionate and really open and really and just really vulnerable, you know, talking like telling me stories that I never heard that I, I know they're they've got to be true because it's from way back when he was a kid. It wasn't something that happened just recently. So he was. I hope you didn't pick up that burp. I just had pizza. No, I don't think so. I just had pizza. Good. It's okay though. This is this is raw content, you know. Raw. Um. So like, I I sat him down and he asked me like twenty times like, "What's this slot for?" You know, I'm like, "Oh, we're we're gonna I'm gonna take a picture." And he's like, "Oh, you don't want to take my picture?" I'm like, "Well, I kind of do because we don't have any pictures of you." And, and so I put my phone on record and then he just started instantly talking about his granddad, which was like his best friend growing up, and started to cry but when he starts to cry like it's like his brain tells him no this is not okay and so he starts laughing and then when he starts laughing to diffuse the the situation you know then he is just silly like completely like i'm gonna make you laugh too hmm. you know because nobody needs to be hurting and so it was just really interesting and it it kind of shaped that um that project for me like that one was like yeah I've, I've got something here and i think i can just reach out to people um because everybody's got a story you know everybody's even if it's a story of divorce you know like that's still a story and that affected those people immensely mm-hmm. even if they might not show it but the camera does can pick up everything, you know, um, and that's what I'm I'm liking about it. So, yeah, um, and that's what the pro- this project has turned into now, and that's what I'm currently working on. And I hope to um, put a show on or display them somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, How often do you get to shoot and actually talk with people and kind of interview? Yeah, that um, it's it's hit or miss. Um, yeah. I've got like I didn't do any this week. Wait, yeah, no, I didn't do any this week. I did um, my old uh, art professor 
from NYAC, uh, Stephanie Lewis. Um, I shot her last Tuesday, and I didn't know what to think because we hadn't talked in a while. And so I didn't know. I was kind of nervous about if it was going to translate on camera or what, how, how to approach her situation because she just recently lost her husband mm. um, right at the start of the pandemic. So it's like husband dies and she didn't even know the pandemic was going on because she was in a hospital room with him. And then all of a sudden she leaves the hospital and it's like a zombie movie at Walmart. Like everybody's got the shelves cleared. And, yeah. You know, so, um, but she, like I asked her afterwards, I'm like, so what do you think of these? And she's like, I can't believe it. You actually, you actually captured me. Like every piece of my personality you got. And I love them. Which is not something that I hear normally because people don't like to see themselves. Yeah, right. So, um, it was just really uplifting. And so, yeah. Man, that's awesome. Thanks. Oh, that's so cool. It's really inspiring too. As someone who's like trying to do something similar. Yeah, I just I love talking to people and getting to hear their stories, mm-hmm. and photography in general I love. But I've found of the things I've tried, portraiture is what I like the most, mm-hmm. what I enjoy the most. I just think people are awesome. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a challenge to for me to think of making an image of somebody that tells their story adequately when I just heard their story mm-hmm. is a daunting task. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to like ease up on myself too and recognize I don't, not every shot needs to be something that I want to hang on somebody's wall. Mm. Um, yeah. I do want to do the best I can mm-hmm. with them, but I'm, I think I'm equal parts grateful for, the chance to take the photos but also just have the conversation anyways yeah um even if people don't get other people don't get to experience it which has happened once because we had technical difficulties (laughs) (laughs) so we lost the conversation but but we lost it to um we lost the file of the conversation but we got to have the conversation that's good yeah and i was i was really grateful for that it was a lot of fun my friend isaac um yeah, man, that's awesome. So yeah, when when Brandy Harris sent me a post from you, I thought, whoa, yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's a small town, right? Yeah, like, and that's that's another thing about Instagram that I'm finding. Like before, when I had Instagram, it was just a here's a funny meme every now and then, or you know woman crush Wednesday, you know, stuff like that. Like I didn't share any of my work really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting now that I've actually cultivated like a feed of art on my Instagram. It's not just trash, uh, that I don't need to be looking at. Like, that's why I quit altogether. Cause, um, I got married and I want to be the best husband I can be for Kelsey. And, um, when I pull up Instagram and there's like a feed of like half naked girls, just like 
uh, I couldn't do it. And mm-hmm. So I yeah. go. But starting fresh and just like um, curating my feed, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what one, uh, one of the photographers I follow on YouTube, he's like, he gives pointers every now and then on like how to like not or how to, yeah, how to not let Instagram or Facebook or social like run your life and your artist artistic ability and so uh that's one of the pointers is like curate your feed to what you want to see you know Mm -hmm. um but point is i'm now like just a message away from an artist in england that i can be like hey man i really love your work like how did you do this and then they can reply and be like oh yeah like this Mm -hmm. i'm like I mean, I, I sound like an old man, but I'm like, that's amazing. Like, if you oh, just think it's about so it. it's so cool. Like... And that's what it was, I think, intended for, even though it's certainly not used for that all the time. Yeah. That kind of interaction and just connection is what social media was started for. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm meeting, I'm meeting up with somebody on Sunday who I've never met before because they live in this area and we connected through Instagram. Yeah. We're going to go take photos. Nice. It's gonna, yeah. Like, cool. I love that. Yeah. My roommate, I met on Instagram. I'm living here because I... Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he, we had a mutual friend. And he doesn't have any, like, weird, weird tics or anything like that. He's... Not that, none that I've discovered so far. Okay, good. None. I've known him for a little while. <laughs> he doesn't, he's not like a serial killer or anything. No. Else. No, I'd probably be dead by that, by this point. He's <laughs> Unless he's just him. buttering he's just me up, you know? Time. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he wants to do it right. No, we had a we had a mutual friend, and we're both photographers, both Fuji shooters, both kind of just nerdy guys. And um, so he reached out to me, and we met up and had grilled cheese in Fayetteville, and walked around and took photos. Nice. And yeah, ham and trees. Yep. Yep. Ham and trees, man. Best stuff. It's so good. I really hope because they closed the one in Rogers, didn't they? Yeah. I really hope that doesn't happen in Fayetteville. I wonder. I don't if, think uh, it will. No, maybe it was just they overextended their reach. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that they were in Rogers for too long. Like I, I think there was a sweet spot in Rogers where if you open your business on in downtown at X time, that that would be the perfect time. Like, but if you're there for too long, you're paying too much money for rent there's not the business but if you waited for the business to kind of come and then you buy in right at the right time i think it would have stayed but i think they were just before the time i guess yeah and it's definitely not as busy an area as dixon you know where they are in fayetteville is great for them i'm sure so you yeah they've been there forever how how long actually you because you you've been in this area for a while right yeah, I grew up yeah, in Springdale. Grew up in Springdale. Yep. So have they been there forever, no, forever? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, probably, probably about ten years, I'd okay. say, ish. That's a know. long time to last yeah. as a restaurant in Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that place. Um, I don't know what it was originally, but it has been uh, a ton of restaurants when I was living in Fayetteville, like. Mm-hmm. And even through school, um, oh, like grades, grade school, high school, stuff like that. It was just nothing could ever stay there. So Hammond Trees is definitely there for a while. 
Shout out to Ham and Trees. Word. If you Spon- sponsor this podcast, sponsor this podcast. If you're into grilled cheese sandwiches, you should go there. And if you're the in Chewbacca, what's Chewbacca? Did you Chewbacca? The, no, the Chewbacca. C H E B A C C. Is that one of the sandwiches on the menu? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. pulled pork and like I'm going to butcher the name. Oh, so they have meat Gruyere. ones too. Yeah. Uh, Gruyere cheese? Gruyere. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. I think it's Gruyere on there. Starbucks has a, has an item with Gruyere in it. Okay. Yeah, it's it's real crazy. And then they too. got, uh, so it's pulled pork Gruyere and then uh, caramelized onions with a mm. garlic aioli that is just. Gosh, are they open on Sundays? They're closed no. Day? Dang it. It's like Chick-fil-A. Because that's where I'm going to be on yeah, Sundays. Chick-fil-A is, is uh, I only want it on Sundays. Hmm. That's uh, Chick-fil-A sponsors this podcast as well. I don't know. I don't know if I want Chick-fil-A sponsorship. I'll take ham and trees. Okay. <laughs> no, if you just want, like, free chicken would be great. Yeah, let's just spend the next hour, like, thinking of who we want to sponsor this podcast and just... That was, it. like, the first um, the first episode, Colby and I were talking about that. Like, he asked me, okay, so this is at the beginning of the show is when you would say, you know, who your sponsors are. Mm-hmm. So who would you want sponsoring it? And I, I have no idea. Yeah. It's so hard for me to recommend brands. Mm. But I guess things like food. Yeah. Things like local food places. because yeah, we Recommendations. Need, we need food. Yeah. You know? Hey, Roos Chris, uh, sponsor this podcast. What? Roos Chris. Steakhouse? I haven't See, been. Uh, I haven't either because it's that expensive. It's like. It's uh, here? Yeah. It's, it's, way up. it's in Pinnacle. Okay. But it's a chain. It, it was, you know, an old chain, but, yeah, super expensive. Okay. Have you been to Wright's Barbecue? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on that? Because it tends to get a lot of hype. Oh, man. I'm going to maybe make some people mad, but I think it's too peppery. Okay. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that opinion from one other person. Yeah. It's too peppery for me. I'm I'm a St. Louis, you know, like, uh, or actually... What is it? Uh, Pappy's. Pappy's Smokehouse in St. Louis. Okay. Hands down the best barbecue I've ever had. Like, okay. that's my favorite. That's my go-to. Huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. So every time Kelsey and I <laughs> go up there for a game, we have to go to Pappy's. Okay. Yeah. That's a fun tradition. Mm-hmm. How often do you get to go up for a game? Uh, we try to go at least once per summer. Okay. But now that we have a baby on the way... Okay. Yeah. Oh. Segway. Segway. Probably won't, but I can't wait to take him or her to St. Louis games. Okay. Yeah. So it hasn't been that long. Uh, we actually just passed the first trimester. Okay. So we're at the the threshold of telling people without fear of. All right. I guess the the risk of uh, miscarriage goes down. Right. Quite yeah. a bit. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's fun. It's scary. I bet because I feel like I'm I'm still a kid in a lot of ways. We all are. <laughs> and I'm like I'm going to drop this dude or a girl. If it's a girl, I'm still going to call it a dude because I just call it a hey, dude. Dudes. Yeah, I fell out of my high chair on my head oh, when I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah, and I mean I turned out okay. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, cool. Man, that's exciting. Yeah, Pampers, How- pants Pampers sponsor my life yeah (laughs) 
or just sponsor me and I'll get I'll <laughs> yeah, get yeah, I'll just... get the the funds and the diapers and things to Brandon. But mm. yeah, uh so back in October, we're going to get real now. Okay. okay. Let's so back do it. in back in October, um Kelsey, Kelsey uh told me that she was pregnant and um I was elated. I cuz she was gone um for a week visiting her friend in Montana and then she came back and um had this like gave me a bag and I picked her up from the airport and I don't know how what you think of like prophecy or whatever you want to call it uh, like a sixth sense but I knew that she was pregnant like I picked her up at the airport and she hands me this bag and there's like cars back behind us you know <laughs> like she's like really anxious for me to open this bag I got you this present and I'm like well we can and we had to be in uh, Prairie Grove which is okay you know uh, you were at XNA yeah we were at XNA we had to be at Prairie Grove so I could shoot a couple Mm -hmm. and I'm like well we'll just I'll open it when we get there and she's like okay so on the way I'm like she's pregnant like this thought just kept getting in my head and then like I opened the bag and it's like, I'm like, are you pregnant? And and I didn't even see what was in the bag. I just opened it. I'm like, are you pregnant? And she's like, look. And it was like a baby Ruth and sugar daddy and, you know, like a theme of candy. <laughs> and then this Xbox controller that was like a little child's toy, right? And uh, Or it was like a Fisher-Price Xbox controller. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And we cried and prayed and it was great. It was like, I was so ecstatic. And then a week later we lost it, Hmm. uh, which is not uncommon. Um, happens to a lot of, a lot of people, uh, first, first time pregnancy. Um, it's way more common than I thought. Yeah. As, as I've just become an adult and been around other adults, I've realized this seems to happen quite frequently. Yeah. It's, it's, no, it's, I guess the body's just like has to prep itself. Maybe I, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was hard for Kelsey. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I was. I went to this weird place where I didn't really know what to think, because I was like on this like really high high, and then all of a sudden it crashed. But. I always have thought of myself as like a realist. Um, some people call call me a pessimist, but I'm just like, if I don't expect, or if I expect the worst, and then the best happens, I'm going to be like, yeah, that's cool, you know. But if I expect the worst, I'm not going to be disappointed. So, um, yeah, I kind of let myself just get elated and be really excited and like thinking of baby names and like uh picturing whoever it is that pops out of my wife that like we'd be playing baseball or video games or like shooting or whatever you know and uh but kelsey um kelsey took it really hard she felt it you know like she mm-hmm. that was a part of her that um wasn't there anymore and so she had a really hard time with it i just 
kind of became numb a little bit. And then all of a sudden, um, oh, what was it? What song was it? Oh, the song. Oh, my gosh. So I was, like, driving the car um, from Fayetteville and the uh, Middle East song okay. Blood. Mm-hmm. Do yeah, you know I know it? I do know the song, yeah. I can't on. recall the lyrics, but I know the song. Yeah, it came on, and it's just such a beautiful song anyways. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, the, the middle verse is talking about, like, his i guess his grandma dying of skin cancer or something like that you know like the skin the cancer got into her blood and there was nothing that he could do and i just oh my god i'm like busting in tears like in my car like hitting the steering wheel and um that was it and i went home and i told kelsey i'm like yeah i just kind of had to break down the car and uh, i think i'm good now you know like let's move past it and i think i dealt with it that way and um yeah so really excited that and this time it was she told me and i was like okay that's cool you know and the old old me like kicked in like let's just keep it like down here Mm -hmm. until the proper time and then we can get elated and so it was like down here and i'm like eh, whatever and then first ultrasound heard the heartbeat i'm like to here and then next ultrasound was um last tuesday i'm like up to here and because it's just a really strong heartbeat and everything's Mm -hmm. looking good so super pumped yeah super pumped and um yeah how many people know because this will be out in a week uh well Kelsey was asking me how I was going to, like, she wants me to take a picture of our cats with the ultrasound. And um, I think I just let the world know. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I'm cool with that. Okay, good. I'm cool with that. (laughs) So. Man, that's exciting. That's really exciting. If I were a different man, I'd be like, that's cool. I don't relate, but that's cool. But no, I, I don't relate in that I've never had that experience. But I really really look forward to being a father someday yeah um and that hasn't always been true which is probably not anybody that's always been true at some point you don't think of it but that's really exciting man thanks yeah yeah it's been a long time coming um i don't know how uh philosophical or deep you get into like the spiritual we'll go into everything anything anything people want to we go into it great um and everybody's in a different spot with all of that than i am and i recognize that so yeah it's like well um while i was in ywam it was prophesied over me and i I believe in prophecy when it's not like you're going to win the lottery or here's your lucky next tuesday you're gonna stub your toe exactly your left foot yeah and you're gonna be outside Mm mm-hmm that kind of thing. Yeah. It's going to rain. Now, uh, but it was like, it was more of an encouragement. Mm-hmm. Because that, like, I can relate with you. Like, I had a pretty screwed up childhood. So, I wanted to be a dad that I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that was just something that was always in the forefront of my mind. It was like, I want to be a dad. I want to be a dad. And, um so it was prophesied over me that in, in while I was in YWAM that I would be the catalyst in my family that breaks the chains of 
sin. And when that when that was told to me, I was just like, "Holy crap, that's a big, that's a big burden to bear." <laughs> like I'm not Jesus, right? I don't think I am Jesus. I don't want to be Jesus. Um, but that was told to me, and I'm like, "Okay, well, I guess God." Like I took it as like God trusts me to be broken enough and to to see how broken I am to rely on him for everything. And so that is why I'm going to be the catalyst for a change in my family, for breaking this chain of sin. Because, dude, my family, there's, like, adultery. There's everything under the sun, man, like, that you can think of. Drug abuse, alcoholism, um, a little pedophilia, you know, on my dad's side, uh, um, incest. It's just like the, the whole spectrum mm. of crap. And so I'm really glad that this is happening. And I see I, just the way I treat Kelsey, you know, like I tell her I love her. Like, when's the last time I heard my dad tell my mom he loves her? Like, never. I've never heard that out of his mouth at one, at all. Um, so I think I'm, I'm a step ahead. That's great. Curve, which makes me feel good, you know. And like, yeah, I believe God doesn't give us anything, or yeah, God doesn't give us anything that we can't handle. So I'm looking forward to seeing everything that comes from it. Yeah. No, that's exciting. A fresh start. Can I have like another little pull? Yes. It's so yeah. Good. I mean, it, it's I'm a taken. I love whiskey. Yes, same. It, it's taken um, more than. I mean, gosh, it's April now, so a f- solid over three months to get that far in the bottle. So I'm not. <laughs> I'm not worried. It's about time I restocked. Honestly. That's good. Like, if you don't mind me asking, how much is a bottle of this? Uh, I think that was about 50. Okay. Yeah. yeah so good mid-range. Yeah, that's kind of my nice. range. It's it's kind of a shame. Like, I, I wanted to get into scotch, mm-hmm. and I started realizing when I did that that, oh, a good scotch is typically more money than a good bourbon yeah. because they have to ship it from Scotland mm-hmm. uh, and import everything, you know. So that's, like... Typically, if I'm buying a bourbon or any kind of um, domestic liquor, really, I'm not going to spend much more than 40 but I'm not going to spend any usually less than 40 mm. That's kind of the range that I trust. Um, and it's something that I buy so seldom, I might as well buy something decent. Yeah, for sure. So I'm glad you're enjoying it. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for everything. Yeah. That's one of the things I love to have for people. At home, it's just drinks. Yeah. Because I love, I love cooking for people, too. Mm-hmm. I love providing food. But a drink is a good thing for when the eating is done. Mm-hmm. You can sit and you can talk and you can enjoy a drink at the same time. Yeah. Talking and eating at the same time, it can be done. Yeah. But you, it's a little bit of a more messy experience. You know you're an adult when you say, yeah, come over for dinner, and it's not like Totino's Pizza Rolls or burritos, frozen burritos, you know. Like, you yeah, think actually, that's a good gauge? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That and hmm. you have like a good whiskey and not like, uh, what is it, Crown Well, I guess Crown Royal is like 
kind of expensive, isn't it? I haven't bought Crown Royal. I've ever. never bought Crown. These glasses are Crown because they're everywhere if you yeah. go to um, thrift stores. Yeah, because they, <laughs> they were giving them, they give them out like Christmas. Yeah. yeah. It's a good glass. I would prefer if it didn't have the, the logo on the bottom. Yeah. But you don't notice unless you... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I've never bought Crown Royal in my life, so I don't, don't know how much it costs, but... It's, uh, I think it's a Canadian whiskey, isn't it? It is. So I've had Pendleton, which is Canadian mm. whiskey. I wasn't a big fan of that. Yeah. It was a little too light for me. Mm. It was a little too... It felt thin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In my, my estimation, I'm, I'm not an expert. I am. I'm going to hang out with uh, a friend tomorrow who is a big whiskey enthusiast. Okay, you really guys going whiskey. to Fox Trail? No, I'm just going to actually go to his place okay. and we're going to chat and I'm going to take some photos because there was a morning, a couple months ago maybe when I got up and just had some quiet time in the morning right here and the light started coming in through the window and that bottle sits there all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just noticed it. I thought, I want to take some photos of this. So I took a few photos on my, my wide-angle Fuji 16. Okay. And I loved them. Just four images. Absolutely loved it. And I've wanted to do a shoot with whiskey as the the product, really, for yeah. a while. And haven't done it. Haven't had, I guess, a proper subject or someone who could model for me or, like, just enjoy it with me while mm. I photograph them. And then I met this guy, Andrew. Hey, Andrew. And um, I'm like, oh, perfect. Not only is he really into whiskey, but he tends to dra- dress very dapper. There you go. He has the hair. He has the mustache. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. It's and then be you're going to, yeah, you, you're gonna, dude, you're going to get so many endorsements. I uh, hope so. Yeah. I feel like I need, I don't think I posted these, the ones I took of that bottle. But I want to post them and tag them and see if they, I don't know, what they what they say to it. That stuff's so smooth. So good. Nice. So you you mentioned you had a rough childhood. Yep. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, what do you want to know? Uh, so you grew up here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What was, what was, did you know you had a rough childhood as a child? Um, yeah, kind of. Um. It, it's really weird. Uh, let me let me start from I was born, which copyright also came up with the name of my series, which is called I Was Born. Oh, okay, nice. Um, so I was born in Oklahoma City, um, and my dad worked on. Uh, an oil, in an oil field uh, over there, uh, driving trucks, actually. And so the oil ran out, and we ended up moving here. My my grandparents, uh, my mom's parents um, lived here, and she grew up here. And then moved. she moved to Oklahoma City when she turned 18 just to get away from them kind of thing. So um, my dad had been married twice previously and he was he was young he was like 23 Mm. right my mom was 18 or 19 but um they got pregnant with me so it was a shotgun wedding like my mom was like pregnant in the in the photos um at their wedding 
And so I don't know if he resented me for that or what, but um, I just found this out recently within the last like 10 years that um, I was pretty close to getting sent to the emergency room because he kind of slammed me up against the wall when I was a baby. Mm. Um, I have no idea why I've asked him and he says, I like his answer is like, I can't remember, you know, but I would think if you slam your kid up against the wall, you maybe remember something about it. But it was just like, it was one of those things. So I always knew that like, even from a young age, like when my mom would leave, I would like scream and cry. And then I would get a belt whooping because I would, couldn't stop crying because I was terrified of my dad. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I knew, I didn't know I had a rough childhood. I knew I was terrified of my dad. And then like fast forward to like psychology 101, like family, family systems. You're not supposed to be scared of your parents. Like they're supposed to provide Mm -hmm. like comfort and security. Right. So, um, we never, I never went hungry. Um, never, uh, didn't, never have clothes. You know, we were always clothed. Um, I say we, my brother was born like nine years after me. So it was like, I I had a little brother, but not really like we, that's quite a gap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we never wanted for anything. We had everything that we could possibly need and a little bit more. But as a four on the Enneagram, um, I I really desired just like connection, like stuff, like over stuff. Like um, my dad, to get us the stuff, was working four jobs. You know, he, he owned a sign company and he, as he was starting that, he, um, also worked at a liquor store, uh, the, um, then ran a newspaper route. So I never saw him. And so if he got home and there was some free time, I'd be like, Hey, let's, you know, go out in the backyard and play catch or do this or that or the other. And he was always like, he always had an excuse. Something was, oh, I don't feel good. Or like, and even to this day, he uses that same trope. Like, um, so there were other times like when I remember like just the fighting between him and my mom, like my mom is the, so in a relationship, I don't know if, if you're familiar with like relationship dynamics or whatever, but you're like, there's always, not always, most times there's going to be an attacker and a retreater, right? So somebody's always going to run away. The other person's going to attack. My dad's the retreater. My mom's the attacker. She doesn't know when to quit. She can't read the room. She doesn't know how to read people. So she just keeps pushing, pushing, pushing. And then that in turn would make my dad just slam a door, cut off the conversation, and I wouldn't see him for the rest of the night. Or sometimes he would just get in his truck and leave. 
And so I, I, growing up, I never saw a fight resolve at all. Like there would be, I would see the conflict and a couple days would go by and then all of a sudden everything's magically better, right? Never saw it resolved. So, yeah, like my family just, they don't talk about stuff. Like they don't know how to deal with stuff. And like, do you, is that... That that's relatable. Relatable to you, yeah. Not in to the extreme that you've you've experienced, yeah. but yeah, certainly a, a certain closed off emotionally mm-hmm. and not really good at discussing something and then yeah. coming to a middle ground or any kind of um, reconciliation. Really, just. Mm eventually it's not happening anymore yeah and you kind of just don't think about it as much now and then you're at level ground for a while and then something else sure nothing horribly well i was gonna say nothing horribly volatile but maybe it's not my place to categorize all of the uh uh, confrontations that have happened in my family Mm. yeah yeah yeah, it's it's weird. It, it's just it just blows my mind because mm-hmm. somewhere along the line, um, my my parents were taught that conflict means um, they. I don't I don't know what they think conflict is. Like conflict conflict is bad to them. Like it's it's mm-hmm. if in their mind, if you're living and being married, right then everything is smooth sailing, but it's not. It is absolutely not. Like, conflict is needed in marriage. Like, that's how people grow. Like, um, and I didn't learn all this until, like, I was in school for counseling. Like, I did family systems therapy classes, and um, which are just, it's a beautiful, beautiful class. If you ever have a chance to take Family Systems Therapy, or read read the book, um, The Family Crucible. The Family Crucible. Yeah. Okay. It's um, it's great. Great book. But, um, yeah, so basically each, each family member has a role to play, and with, with them knowing or not, right? And so, like, um, if you look at the family as – are you familiar with it at all? No. No? no, okay. I should have asked that before I just started. That's, that's fine. Let's 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 mansplain. <laughs> so, so like, okay, if you, if you look at a family um, as a bigger organism, it's it's bigger than the individual pieces, right? Uh-huh. So, um, there there has to be like a consistent homeostasis going on, where if that is disturbed in any way. The fam- the the system will try to get back to normal, right? So I was a big wrench in the spokes of my family system. Hmm. Um, I always felt like kind of the black sheep, right? Or uh, as as uh, Stephanie that I shot last week, she put it: I was a white sheep in a black sheep family. Uh. I love that. Um, but yeah, I was different, and I 
saw the world different way. I was more artistic. I was more sensitive, very much more sensitive. Um, and, uh, like in high school is when I started like rebelling and like my mind and my personality is one that's like, no, I know that this is not right. Like, even though I don't know why it's not right, I know it's not right. Um, and even though you guys are still together, even though you might have needed to get a divorce many times over, like, I knew that was, there was something wrong. So I started to rebel. And um, that's kind of when I went off on my own path and came back around later on in life. But, um, that's, you know, I started learning about family systems and, um, really looking at myself rather than trying to fix my family, you know, just trying to fix me. And I believe, you know, with God's grace and with a lot of like my work dealing with the past and the stuff that I've done, like I, I, I did some horrible stuff as a kid, you know, um, and dealing with all that, like brought a healing in myself. And it's not like great every day. I still have my depression mm -hmm. I still have days where I don't want to do anything and days where I get just really sad for seemingly no reason, but, um, it doesn't control my life anymore, you know? So anyways, moved on. And, um, as Kelsey and I got married, I told her all this stuff, you know, I was very open and honest about everything. I'm like, this is, this is my family that you're about to marry into. And I just want you to know this is what it's like. And, she at, at first she couldn't like oh i should back up i didn't say like eventually i i just had to cut myself off from my parents because there was a an incident that in it affected me i was 30 years old and i found out that my dad was having an affair on my mom and found this out by well I, I turned 30 years old and I was graduating with my second degree just quit smoking like I smoked since I was 16 years old and I started running like I was like getting myself back in shape and um, going to the gym a couple times a week not like unhealthily but like really taking hold of my life and being like I'm not gonna let like overeating run my life. I'm not going to let my family run my life. I'm not going to let, um, mm -hmm. smoking ruin my life. I have something to live for. So, um, I was at the gym and my mom like just comes into the gym and she's like dressed like in gym clothes. I'm like, Hey, what are you doing here? You know, like I, and I was legitimately happy to see her. She struggles with, um, weight issues and it's, it, she's not fat by any means, but she, she, thinks in her mind you know that she's ugly right and that that breaks my heart it really does because i know it's a learned 
thing that she's she's Anyway, so I was, I, she always says, like, in passive ways, oh, I'm so fat. And I'm like, well, come to the, you know, like, if if you're worried about your, your health, come to the gym with me. You know, just come to the gym with me and uh, do a little workout. It'll make you feel better, you know. It'll get you out of this. So um, she came in and she's like, your dad's sleeping with another woman. She didn't say sleeping with, but uh, she said the, you know, your dad's fucking another one. Which, like, that is a bombshell because my mom doesn't say any four-letter words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I knew she was, like, on edge, like, in a manic state at that point because she screamed it <laughs> in the gym. And um, I'm like, oh, well, I'm about to finish this set. Like, let me process what you just sold me. Go next door to Onyx, or it was Arcegas at the time. Go next door and get some coffee. I'll come talk. And so she laid it all out. And she was moving out. They were getting a divorce. It was this Sunday. And then, anyways, long story short, it broke my heart. But again, under the rug. Nobody asked me how I was handling it. Nobody asked me. It did. It was not supposed to affect me at all. Because I was an adult. But it did. It was my parents. And they were on the brink of divorce. But then, so months go by. And my parents are still together. And nobody's talking about it. And so at that that time, like, around the time where this whole divorce fiasco was going on, I was like, I can't be a part of this. I've got myself to focus on. I'm bettering my life. And I'm just going to do that. And so I didn't talk to him for a long time after that. And so I told Kelsey that when we were dating. And she couldn't understand it. But then as time goes on, uh, she sees a lot of the the unhealth that is going on. And how my mom since then has like just submitted to my father and his like his I'm doing air quotes here jokes of like I wish I could trade you in for two 20 year old girls you know like stuff like that or whatever however old my mom is she's almost 60 now so a bit three 20 year old girls but you know, something like that, like, just chips away at a person over mm-hmm. and over. And yeah. he, he did that to me, you know. So uh, that's why I – it took a long time. And it's it's so hard for me to take a compliment, even on my photography, because I – in the back of my mind, I just hear him saying, like, you're, you're not any good. Yeah. So um, recently, this happened just the other night. Kelsey and I talked, uh, had to have a talk with my parents about getting vaccinated, you know, and it's some stupid, like getting vaccinated, like, please do this for us and for the rest of the community around, you know, like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. If you call yourself like a Christian, if you love your neighbors yourself, you know, all that stuff. And they're like, no, we're not getting it. 
We're like, well, you're not going to see our baby. You're not going to see your grandchild. We, we refuse to have our baby around you guys if you're not vaccinated. Like, well, maybe in a couple years is what they say. I'm like, well, you're not going to see your kid for, or your grandkid for a couple years. They couldn't understand that. And um, I'm like, look, this is what I'm asking you to do. Like, if Kelsey gets the virus right now, it is detrimental to the kid. It could be detrimental, even more so than just getting a cold or the flu, you know? Like, it's, we would like for you to get this. So we don't have to because we don't know how it affects pregnancy yet. They wouldn't do it. And it was just like I was transported back to the days where they, it's like they were putting themselves before their kids and their comfort and their whatever before their kids, like emotional comfort or anything like that. Hmm. And if that makes sense, that's is just, it was hard to hear. And yeah. it took everything that I had not to yell. I just calmly like tried to argue points. Like, so what you're saying, like just trying to clarify. So what I hear you saying is, you would rather not get the vaccine and make your daughter-in-law that's pregnant get it that could potentially harm our child. And you're okay with that, but you're not okay with taking it? Like, that, that's just not cool, you know? So, yeah, I had a lot of stuff growing up. I had a lot of things. Yeah. But I didn't have parents that really knew me, mm-hmm. that really cared about my desires, my likes, my wants, and all that stuff. And so I've had to fill my life with men that speak that into me, into my life. Like um, my friend Travis Jenkins. The first time I met Travis, I was working at our Sega's. I was in school. He asked me what I was doing for uh, spring break. I didn't know the guy. He was an older guy. He was like in his fifties. Or no, he was in. His, he just turned seventy. Oh. He just turned seventy years old. Yeah. There was a flyer. Travis's seventieth birthday. And he asked me what I was doing for spring break. I'm like, I don't know, working. He's like, No, we're going on a cruise. I'm like, First thing I said, I'm like, straight up honest, I'm not sleeping with you. Like, he's like, Oh God, no, no, no. <laughs> if you knew Travis, he he's very effeminate. But he he's a widower, um, and he's a count or a psychiatrist over at Ozark Guidance. Okay. And so that's his thing. He just sees broken young men, and then speaks into their life and like lifts them up. And he's just he's such a beautiful guy. Like he is one of those guys that really he he knows no fear of talking to people. He will make himself look like a total jackass. It doesn't matter as long as it makes you feel better, you know. Uh, that's great. Those and, are the old people you need to have around. Right. Yeah. Not the cranky old ones who are bitter about their life. No. Like. No. No. Those. No. Are... He he has aged very well. Like Good. he has. He like his his wife passed away, 
he just let himself go. He's like, everything that she didn't like to do, I'm going to do now because I like it. I'm going to go on cruises. I'm going to get my ears pierced. I'm going to wear jewelry. I'm going to, you know, like rings. Like she hated like rings. And so he put his like class ring back on and like got his ears pierced and um, goes on cruises and takes guys on cruises. And it was like, honestly, the best week of my life. Like we, of course, slept in separate beds. Thankfully they had two beds in the room, but uh, slept in separate beds. And um, he just asked me about myself. Like the whole time, like was completely 100% focused on me, what made me tick as a person, what I love to do, um, my desire, my, my passions mm-hmm. and was interested in them. And it just made me feel like, like melt inside. I'm like, yeah, I want you to adopt me right now and be my granddad. Just be my granddad because you get it. And, um, and so, yeah, I've, I've surrounded myself with guys like that and mm. that has spoken into my life. And yeah. How do you feel like, obviously it's different. Everybody has, you have one father, right? Yeah. You have one blood father, but how do you, I don't know how to phrase the question. How much is this kind of bringing other adopted parents into your life able to make up for what you lacked in your your birth parents Mm. to you? Hmm. Yeah, there's this, uh, there's still a longing. uh, Because being a four, you know, you always have. Didn't you say you're a four as well? I am, yeah. Okay. So we're always missing something. Yeah. (laughs) We got this giant hole in our, our soul. That will never be filled by anything. And so there's always that longing of, oh, I wish I had parents. that, Or I wish that instead of pushing me to go into the military because I had my ears pierced and I was listening to heavy metal music, that they would have like fostered my love of the arts. And where could I be now if I had just done that, you know? And that's a dangerous place to be. It always is like the what if games are the worst. Like mm-hmm. you miss out on the present, and um, and so yeah, that like those men can never fill that hole. That that sounded really bad. That sounded really <laughs> bad. Cut that out. Like just edit right there. So, do you really want me to? No, you don't have to. <laughs> Whatever. I didn't mean that like it sounds. Um, so those men can never like step in and be my dad. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, never happen. Also, my dad can't step in and be my dad. Hmm. So, I just fall back on it's going to sound cheesy but god god's grace and that is what um has given me grace for my dad and i realized that my dad had a really screwed up childhood 
and I've come to terms with we may never have the relationship that is as deep as I want. Because he's, like I said, he's he's mellowed out in his older age. But he still has his moments where he just tries to cut people down. And um, it's also given me grace for myself. Like, I, I've screwed up in the past. And yes, I didn't go to art school. And yes, I didn't, um, you know, play baseball better. I didn't do this better. But I'm here now. Like, all that stuff made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. And I'm going out and I'm finding, because I was so broken as a kid, and I've experienced that brokenness, like, I search for the broken. And I search for the people that have a story to tell. And I believe that comes out in my art. Like, because I laugh, I cry, I have everything in between. And I, I believe that's that comes out in my, my work with them, so. Um, yeah. yeah, hardships are important. Mm-hmm. They are what they are, which is extremely difficult yeah. and scarring. But it's amazing that they still do something for us that actually benefits us and yeah. and the people around us, well, if we let it anyway. Of course, we can choose to just become bitter or let it tear us down, decide that the hardships we've experienced and the challenges define us and we're just pieces of crap. Yeah. We can choose that. I don't think that's true. I don't think you should choose that. But it is amazing that you get to choose to let it strengthen you and build you up. Mm-hmm. And that now it can not only strengthen you, it becomes a vital tool in how you minister to other people's needs. Yeah. And how just what you are even able to perceive in people. Yeah. When you're able to see someone else and think, oh, I understand what that's like mm-hmm. because I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... To to a certain degree, I, I I don't know if we can ever like really understand what people are going through, mm. but but he's just empathize. Yeah, we can sympathize. We yeah. can empathize with them for sure. Um, so I am curious. Through all this, you come out as a um, faith filled person. Yeah. Where did that Where did that enter into your story? Oh, man. Were you raised in a home? Like, was God or spirituality talked about in your Uh, home? Religion. Religion. Did I clip there? No. (laughs) That would be great. We can put that as a soundbite right at the end. I've been doing that lately for fun. (laughs) Religion. So religion was thrown at me. But relationship with God was not, you know. Um, my grandparents were Nazarenes. My parents were Easter morning Christians. Um, and so seven years old. Well, I was talking, I was actually just telling Chuck this this afternoon when we were going down to Fort Smith, 
Um, seven or eight years old. I knew it was before my brother was born, but there was a Nazarene revival. And um, I always hated going to the Nazarene revivals because my parents thought they had to go. Um, and they're so boring, you know? They're, like, there's nothing to do for a kid there. They didn't have, like, other kids. But I went, and the... Oh man, this it still like makes me cringe today. But the the genius preacher that was running this freaking revival thought it would be a good idea to separate everybody into two groups and give everybody number one or two. You know, I got two. My parents got one, and I don't remember which number, but we got the opposite numbers, and um, they separate everybody. Preacher's like, all right, you see over here. All these people are going to hell. And you see over here, all these people are going to heaven. So what are you going to choose tonight? Are you going to go to heaven or hell? And I was in the hell part. <laughs> Looking over here, my family was in heaven. Oh, I was scared to death. I was scared to That's death. Horrible. And so like, at, right after that, I was like, Jesus, I don't know how you're going to do it, but live in my heart. You know, like that was the thing. Live in my heart. I had no idea how he was going to do it. And so then I thought, okay, the next logical step was I needed to go to church every Sunday, every Wednesday night, every Sunday night, like all the days I should be going to church because that's how you get into heaven. And um, that was like that lasted maybe like three years where I was going to church like religiously. Until like I got into the teens, ten, eleven, pre-teens, pre-teens, mm -hmm. and then I started to kind of sell my own ship a little bit and figure out what I like to do. And church was not a part of that. None of my friends thought it was cool, so I didn't think it was cool. Um, then started really spiraling right when Marilyn Manson came out and Korn came out and like I had their albums I had them under my bed you know <laughs> and my parents thought I was just the worst for that like oh man so they knew they were under your bed well my mom had a, a way of making the bed randomly every <laughs> once a month you know just to making the bed in my cabinets and in my closet and making the bed <laughs> You know? Yeah. Yeah. So she found them and then she beat them with a hammer. And, mm. um, so, yeah. Um, that was my introduction to religion. All right. Welcome. Welcome to religion, people. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, let's be clear religion and a relationship with God are two completely separate things. Um, so didn't care I, like the nazarene like faith is like i i don't i'm not a doctrinal or like a scholar i can just speak from personal experience but the mm -hmm. church the nazarene church that my grandparents went to it kind of framed god as somebody that's way up here in heaven doesn't really care about us 
all this stuff that was written in the Bible about miracles and speaking in tongues and prophesying, all that stuff, that was in the past. That was for that time. So right now we're just on our own to where we have to work every minute of every day to Mm -hmm. get into heaven. And if we get, like, ask for forgiveness and then cross the street and see a pretty woman in sin and get hit by a bus, in that moment we're doomed. So don't do anything weird, you know. Don't do anything wild. Um, Always be asking for forgiveness. And um, Hmm. I don't know where I was going with that. Did I ask a question prior to that explanation? Oh, that was my... That was your introduction to religion. That was the kind of religious culture you were raised in. Yes, that was it. And you'd like to make the distinction that it's different from a relationship, having a relationship relationship with God. Yeah, so I, I didn't... I would say I was agnostic for all of high school and after high school to probably like, yeah, I was 25. So I had this like quarter life, I call it a quarter life crisis where I was driving to work and um, just started freaking out, man. I I had a panic attack. Like, what am I doing? Uh, with my life and I decided that I was going to sell everything I had I was reading on the road I told you about on the road I believe maybe Jack Kerouac on the road okay yeah yes yes going back so yeah I was reading a lot of that uh that kind of uh literature which I want to hear more about what that stage on the road if maybe we're gonna go and like into that now oh yeah so at some point yeah i i just sold everything i moved to portland oregon and i didn't know anybody in portland and um i was at a bar one night and i overheard these guys talking about the razorbacks arkansas razorbacks woo pig and I was like, I'm from I'm from Fayetteville. They're like, no way, we're from Rogers. We're starting a church up here through fellowship. I'm like, huh, that's neat. <laughs> you know, like I didn't think anything of it. And this was at 25. Yeah, 25. 25? 25 years old. Okay. I'm 39 now, or about to be 39. Okay. So, man, you you may be the oldest person I've had on so far. Awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. If I if I shave my beard, I would look like I was twelve. I I have a baby face over here. Um, but yeah. So we we start up a conversation. They're like, "What are you doing in Portland?" I'm like, "I'm a photographer trying to get." Well, we're starting this church. We need photos for the website. I'm like, "I'll do it for money and some free food." Okay. So start going to Wednesday nights with at their house. They were feeding me. Uh. One of them gave me a, a book called The Prodigal God. He's like, I know, I know that you're like completely against God, and that's cool, you know. Just read this. Like, read it. It has nothing to do with like the Bible. I mean, it, it has something to do with the Bible, but a little bit. But it's the story of the prodigal son. 
right? Like, and it's just a like a, a breakdown of that parable. Very short read. I read in like an hour, I think. Um, and I was just like, by the end of it, I was like weeping. I'm like, I'm the, I'm the prodigal son. I'm running for my problems and blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm like, this is awesome. At that point, still, I was like, okay, this is all right. But um, I don't know. I still don't know. Um, but I was intrigued. And so this was, yeah, 2008. And so it was like right as the housing market crashed. Mm-hmm. And I ended up losing my job um, and was going out every day with resumes and a portfolio of images um, and couldn't find any work. And so one of the guys was like, well, if, you're not working, come help volunteer at this food bank. It's called Under the Bridge Ministries. I was like, okay. And so I started like working with homeless people. And one night we were doing a chili dinner and I got I got my bowl of chili and I turned around and kind of bumped this kid's chili bowl and like man I'm sorry and come over here and I'm fixing another bowl and he had like a burn I can't remember if it was his right or left side but he had just this like horrible scar like his eye was you know closed he didn't have an ear Um, we sat down and we started talking and he was addicted to heroin running from the law in Washington he would do that he would get in trouble in Portland and run up to Washington or around that area and just hide out for a while and hmm. vice versa. But um, when he was a boy, he said his mom um, was high and he was crying because he was hungry and she burned his face with a iron, like clothes iron. And I was just like, man. And we just started talking and having a conversation. I didn't know this kid. He could have been lying for all I know. You know, like he could have been making it all up. I don't know why he would. But we we started walking we were walking around like the after the even after the chili thing. We were walking and he was just telling me about his life and all the places he's been and his addictions to heroin and um how he struggled with it his whole life. He was born addicted to heroin, he said his mom was on it, so um the night was coming to an end because he had to get back to the shelter for his bed because they locked the doors at like 11 o'clock. And um, we just kind of like we hugged, like hugged. And I he walked off and I just walked in silence all the way home. It was like probably a good six miles to my house. But I just walked the whole way and it was cold it was freezing and I got and at the time I was staying in some some dude's basement on a broken couch right like he was renting me this broken couch to sleep on and so um I was just like got home went to the basement like 
dropped on my knees right there. And I was like, this is, I'm done. Like, my life is yours. And I fully believe, like, in that moment that we were on the, like, me and the, the kids were talking, that I was looking at Jesus. Like, that was the face of Jesus right there. Like, and this is what it's all about. Connecting with people. Like, not not look. Not looking at the kid and and seeing a a drug addict freak that is worthless, that's scum, but seeing a person <laughs> that had a story and that Jesus died for that guy too. Like his his heroin addictions covered his mom's ironing. Uh, like that incident with the iron is it's covered, you know, like that's what it's about. It's not about just going to church on Sundays and that's all you do. You is you turn your nose up at the I mean the person walking down the street that doesn't have the same car as you. You know, stupid that's stupid. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I didn't like religion. That's why I say religion is different than relationship with with God because God desires nothing but relationship from us. Like, he knows we're going to sin. He knows we're screwed up. Like, it's it's not nothing new. Like, it, it was written in Genesis. We're screwed up people. But he wants us to look at him and say, yeah, we are screwed up. We need you. And um, that's why I can get behind I can get behind that. I can't get behind um, just because we go to this building, we're better than these people. That's mm. not cool. No, no, it's not. So that brings me, uh, so I gave my life to Christ that night, and <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, it didn't automatically get awesome. Like, there's nothing in the contract that says, sign here and everything's amazing for the rest of your life. No, it's it's freaking tough. Like there are days where I look at my dad and it would just be so much easier to like say F you like I'm, I'm done like, or to pray for him and be like, I know, I know this guy had a tough childhood guy. Give me grace. Let me see him as you see him. Let Mm -hmm. me love him as you love him. And uh, let me just forgive what he just said, you know. Yeah, that is not not easy to do. It's not easy. Yeah, no, you you still live on earth if you start like following after this God. What you still live on earth when you start following yeah. after this God? Sure. Yeah, and a lot of rough stuff still happens on earth. Certainly does. Yeah. So so what is what is relationship? god look like to you now oh man it so with me it's not like i have a really hard time of being like sitting down every day and having a quiet time and reading my picking up my bible like i haven't 
I hate to say it. I haven't picked up my Bible in a long time. Um, it's okay. But I also think that we can get into a a rut if if we were like, oh, we got to do this, we got to do this. That could be considered like uh, works based. Like if yep, just because I haven't done this, God's angry at me or whatever. Yeah, I got to read my three chapters today. Yeah, that's so. My- that's on the list. <laughs> yeah, that's on my list. I got to yeah. check that box. Mm-hmm. So relationship with God is on my my walks. Just um, making intentional time, even if it's in my head, if it's in my, my mind. It doesn't have to be like me walking down the street talking to myself, but it's just like, oh, Thanks. Thank you for this opportunity to enjoy this day, mm-hmm. to for eyes to see your creation, for a heart to perhaps love the people that you're going to let me meet today. Thank you for the ability to do math, to figure out exposure times, and you know you guys stuff are like that. Me that ability. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I like. Oh man, I think that's what turns people off to like. To Christianity because they think like they see those movies of like the exorcist or like Catholicism or it's like, Oh, you know, like all that. And like whip, like people whipping each other and, um, everything. What movies cute. have you been watching? Brandon? Oh dude, I love <laughs> horror movies, man. I don't know if we talked about this. No, we haven't. Yeah. My kids are going to be born on the 13th of October. That's perfect. Cause we can watch Friday the 13th and Halloween. I'm so while your wife's that. in labor. no but anyway yeah so so like i mean like think about it god created humor he created like he could take a joke it's cool to be yourself with him that's what relationship with god is it's not saying yes oh father ye that art in heaven like all the time you know like that's not that's not authentic like I, I've come up with, like, a name for him. You know, like, uh, a name that I would like to have called my dad if we had a better relationship. Mm. Yeah, so it's personal. It's um, it's just taking that time to, to remember who put us here. And that's all he's, all he's wanting, you know. And good things have come from it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a testament to change, man. Like... I didn't do this just because, like, people would come up to me and it's like, man, you beat the odds. I'm like, yeah, I did, but it wasn't me. This was, like, put into motion so long ago, and, like, it might have not have come out the same way or the way that was intended, but it came out. And God's going to make his glory known with or without you, you know. So. Hmm. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm we we may be entering into like religious venting territory. Ooh. <laughs> There's I don't know what if you listen to any of the show, but a little bit certainly pretty much every episode so far has this section in it where I'm just like tell the church to stop sucking so yeah. bad. Right? <laughs> Cuz like look I'm I'm really learning to have grace on mm. on tour the church. It's a bunch yeah. of people, but it's a bunch of people who 
doing the same stupid thing over and over again. Sure. Like, just cut it out. Yeah. L- learn your lesson and then move on. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm trying to get into that space of, I have in the last year of look at where you are and learn from it and now move on to the next thing. Um, it's sad to me how much we still make this relationship with God a checkbox. Mm. Um, in spite of all this grandest talk about how we're in the new covenant era and now we live by grace and mm-hmm. all this stuff, we all, all we've really done is exchange the performance relating to the law for the performance relating to your theology, mm-hmm. the performance of how many, I, I don't know, how much, how much you understand grace, yeah. all this, this ridiculous formulaic talk about essentially what it boils down to is just another form of performance. Mm-hmm. You're just performing well. No. Because nobody wants to say, nobody want, Christians don't want to ask the question, how, how do you spend time with God? And hear the answer, well, I go out into the woods and I meditate. Yeah. It's like, well, that's great, but have you been reading your Bible lately? <laughs> like, nobody, they don't want to say that yeah. for the most part. You know, I'm generalizing. This is all generalization, and I could be 100% wrong about everything, yeah. but this is something that's born out of my experience. Then you look at them and be like, you know what? Do you think Paul read his Bible? Riddle me that. You think Abraham read, read his, his Bible? Bible? Nope. Or Enoch. <laughs> yeah, like, right? That's what I always want to bring up, honestly, with people. Yeah. Like, this no. God is not, he communicates using this book, absolutely. Yeah. And he wants you to talk to him. Mm-hmm. But reading the book won't actually necessarily mean you're close to him. Yeah. And talking to him if you're doing it just because you have heard somebody else talk in a certain way and you think, oh, I guess that's how I have to talk to God. If that's what you're doing, you're getting both of those things wrong. Because if what you're doing is just performance-based, you're just fulfilling an agenda. Yeah. I, I just can't think that God's like, great job. Yeah. No, I, he wants to know who you are. He yeah. wants you. And that 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 behavior will also come out in your in your other relationships, yeah. As well, it's like, okay, I've met with this person for an hour. Like, mm. if if you're meeting for coffee with somebody at your church, you know, okay, an hour, okay, I gotta go. You know, like I've checked. I did my duty today. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. So it's. I certainly have been very bitter mm. toward the church. Yeah. I don't think I am now, but it's hard for me still at times, depending on the the environment I'm in, to to step back and say I understand. To st- to step back and talk to God and be like, look, I I'm, I'm not okay with what's happening mm-hmm. around me right now, but. I'm not going to let it change how I see these people. Sure. I could be wrong. I could be wrong about what I think of God and how how I think we should actually try and relate to him. And I think we need all the different types of people to to um, 
add to the picture of how we get to know this God and how how we how we how we walk through life. Mm-hmm. If we were, uh, thank God, we're all not like me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it'd be a different world. It would. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be like, <laughs> yeah, it'd be like that Twilight Zone episode. Which one? Where everybody's the same. Yeah. I I feel like there are. Uh, are there a number of those ones? I'm trying because I I oh, like no, the Twilight Zone. It was an older episode. I remember seeing it, but everybody's like, you know, the same. And it's such a boring <laughs> world. Yeah, it would be boring. But uh, yeah, I I try to have grace toward people who I I feel like are keeping themselves and God still in bo- in a box. While being able to recognize that I, I don't want to be there, mm. you know, just because I don't want to be there doesn't mean doesn't even mean necessarily that these people are ready to not be there. No. Everybody moves at a different pace, and and I don't think the perspectives I have are necessarily superior in some way. It's just different. That I'm coming to a place where I'm more okay with with listening and trying to better understand where people are and if people want someone to help them move in a new direction or gain more different perspective Mm -hmm. then i'm really glad to be someone who can do that but it um it's a difficult kind of tension to live in the difficult it's difficult being someone who i i call myself christian being someone who calls himself a Christian and who recognizes he's very different from most of the Christians in the room. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, that's a, I'm, that's I'm, a foreignness. Yeah. I'm, that's <laughs> yeah. A, that's right. A I'm just different. Yeah. 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 We're, we're just sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I totally, I totally get you. Like, it was, yeah, I think, I think in YWAM, it was such, like, uh, I, I really, so Portland, I gave my life to God. YWAM in Connecticut is where I, he burnt away, like, you know, the wheat and the chaff, like, he burnt away the chaff, or separated the chaff, and, um, it it was very painful. I had to deal with a lot of stuff from my past that I felt shame over. Um, they get, get uh, spoiler alert. Uh, getting into the really uh, authentic and deep stuff right now. Oh, we haven't been there yet. Again. Yeah. Again. Okay. Uh, no, like the sexual abuse that I experienced in kindergarten Mm. um a lot of the hatred towards my parents for not addressing that they knew about it but again just let's shove it under the rug and everything will be fine and um complete honesty and i'm I'm not scared to say this anymore it it might be taboo to some people and i'm sorry but um it for the first like 12 years of my life, I thought I was going to be a pedophile. I was scared to death. I was going to be a pedophile because 
this memory or I, I think at the time it could have been a memory or a fantasy. Hmm. I didn't know what was real. Yeah. Right. Of me and this girl in kindergarten. Come to find out my parents knew about it the whole time, but they never brought it up to me. Luckily I didn't turn out that way. Thank you, Jesus, because I absolutely adore children and I'm just so glad because it could have turned out a way different Mm -hmm. path. But um, when like dealt with that through YWAM and, and finally confess that like, what what I thought was like the dirtiest sin in the world. People are like, oh, that's not so bad, you know. Like, did you ever molest kids? No. Did you ever like want to or like look at anything weird? No. Okay. Well, you're good. It was just like this this fear that was maybe instilled in you secondarily, like from outside forces or whatever. Um, so like you're good. That's covered in God's grace. So that was very difficult. Yeah. And, um, and, um, then, you know, like dealing with, um, hatred for other things that my parents did and then, uh, just self-hatred and, all the depression and attempted suicides and um, all that stuff, you know, like I had to just like separate myself from those Mm -hmm. and to talk to people about it is way harder than just like holding on to it and letting it eat at you and feeling like there's something wrong with you when there's not like, uh, I'll put it this way, like, you know how they say, like, you you think of monsters under your bed, and then when you look, it just ends up being, like, little dust bunnies when light is, like, shown under the bed. And that's exactly what sin is. There's nothing new under the sun, right? But um, it's just getting it out there into the sun. That's the tough part. Yeah. So yeah, that that was that, and then um, after YWAM, that's like the cultivation started to where I was making, um, I was just feeling more comfortable talking to God and saying, "Hey, I love this about today, or I love this about your creation. I love that you're allowing me to do this right now." And I don't do it all the time. I forget often but I do it. Um, and I believe that's what, I mean, if, if you, if you see the world in a thankful manner, like, thanks for these fingers. Like how many times do we pick stuff up? Mm -hmm. Like how, like how could you drive your car if you didn't have hands? Right. Like, I mean, if we could just stop and I mean, that's like very surface, but if, if we could stop and be thankful for more stuff, then we get to, I mean, Jesus said we could, we, we will have heaven on earth. Right. And like, 
I think that's another thing that Christians get wrong off more often than not is like, they are so future focused that they miss out on the people in front of them. So yep. they mm-hmm. are looking, it's a very self-serving if you look at it, if you think about it, self-serving means to an end, like I'm going to do this right now so that I can be in heaven forever. It's not, I'm going to do this right now and I'm going to be grateful for what I have. I'm going to be grateful for everything that God's given me so I can see others and treat others like Jesus treated Mm -hmm. people. Because in this moment, this is a good thing. Yes. Yeah. And that's how we get heaven on earth. That's Mm -hmm. what Jesus was meaning. Like, this is what heaven is. Um, Yeah, so... I... uh, Oh no, man! The That's... gospel was preached before Jesus died. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's my that's my God spiel. You know, that's my religion, uh, anti-religion, if you want to say that. Um, just relationship. Just don't be a douche. Yeah, please, <laughs> please don't. Man, I can have a mouth on me. That's okay. You only said the F word once. Yeah. And it was quiet. I don't even know if it'll be in there. I the, I marked episode two as explicit because it was regular use of that okay. word. And I don't, I'm not going to mark this one. I think and I'm it, curious how it works, though, if they'll hear it in there somehow and all the podcast platforms will mark it automatically. I, I think it's like movies. Like, you get... In PG thirteen movie, you can get, you get one f bomb. I thought you get two. No, it's one. It's just one. It okay. is one. Okay. And if it's if it's a very well written PG thirteen movie, you can tell when the director's like, "I want to use it here." <laughs> Do you have an example? Yeah. Can you think of um, was it? Was it neighbors? Neighbors. I don't. Was that? That PG-13? sounds familiar, but I don't know. The movie. No, that wasn't PG thirteen. There's one one movie with Rose Byrne. Oh yeah, it was um, Insidious. Okay. Insidious. It's a horror movie. Yeah. And it's PG thirteen. It's terrifying. It's one of my favorite horror movies. If you've never, do you like? Horror I haven't movies? seen it. My roommate has likely seen it. You gotta you gotta watch Insidious. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it's it's written very well there because like right at the right moment you're like, oh yeah, uh, James Wan really wanted that word right here. I know they say it in Ready Player One. Do uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a PG thirteen. Yep, yeah, when the Chucky doll gets thrown on the people. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie? Yeah, like, what's... If you could watch it, like, today, right now, like, what would you what would you pick to put in your VCR DVD player? Uh, Laser my disc. 8-track. Laser that, disc. That was... No, the 8-track was... Uh, 8-track was music. Music. Yeah. Now, what was the v, pre-VCR? What was Beta. that called? Beta. Beta Max. <laughs> yeah. and we, we didn't have Laser, this. Dude, Laserdisc, it was, like, a record. Yeah. Like a CD, but it was a record, right? And they had 
half the movie was on one side and half the movie was on the other side. So okay. Had to flip the, no, we didn't have that. We had a VCR growing up, and then we had DVD. Favorite movie? Um, I would say The Lord of the Rings. Okay. Just as a whole. Okay. Because that's my favorite story. Including The it's, Hobbit? Or? No. Okay. No, it's my favorite story. It's my favorite book. I, I can't get through half the year without being in a mood to read the book, and I read it once a year. Okay. I just love That's that story. And I was li- I've been listening to the music on the way to work, and mm-hmm. I get teary-eyed just listening to the music, just remembering the scenes and everything. So I would say that, but that's also three movies. Okay. And it's like, you know, eh. 10 hours. So regular singular movie might be The New World. The New World. The New World, which is a Terrence Malick movie. Okay. You know of him? Mm-mm. He made The Thin Red Line. Okay. He made The Tree of Life. Okay. He made a recent movie called A Hidden Life. Okay. He made... Um, I'm familiar with The Thin Red Line. Okay, yeah. So his movies are very philosophical, very emotional, beautifully filmed. There's almost always a monologue going on in a lot of the scenes where you hear a main character thinking or talking mm-hmm. while other things are being shown. And he explores really heavy subjects. Yeah. Beautiful. If, you, if you're into movies, absolutely recommend Terrence Malick. Yeah. And The New World, I think, is my favorite of his. It's exploring the story of Pocahontas and John Smith. All right. And that that story in a very non-Disney way. Okay. It's a beautiful movie. That might be it. Interstellar is absolutely mm. one of my favorites. I watched that again a f- I, some months ago. and Still haven't again. seen it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Haven't. Okay. And that's definitely, I recommend it. Okay. Got to you in that one for sure. Um, See, cause those that, are the two that come to mind. That, that was, you know how like, uh, movie movie studios will like every now and then it doesn't happen like crazy often but every couple years it does where you got like Interstellar and uh, the other one there was like five another Christopher Nolan movie you no, talking about or? no just space movies oh there was Gravity Gravity Interstellar uh the Mars one. Mars was a Matt Damon film. Was it Mars? What, what was there was it one with. No, that's not what I'm thinking. Of. What was it, Matt Damon? The Motion. Martian. The yeah, Martian. Yeah yeah. 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 So like all those, it seems like came out within like a month of each other, and I think. Yeah, yeah. Like I saw two of them. I, it was The Martian and and Gravity. Okay. Those are the two I saw. Interstellar, Interstellar is above those. Okay. Interstellar is above those. You gotta Man. you gotta watch it. Yeah. I I saw Gravity and I was kind of underwhelmed. Yeah. I saw I did not see the Martian. Don't have an opinion on that. Interstellar is much more slow paced. Mm-hmm. Really exploring deeper themes about humanity and life. Okay. Um and of course utilizing weird um time things because yeah. nolan is just into that yeah george clooney spinning a top in the yeah 
Beautiful movie. Yeah. Beautiful movie. I definitely recommend it. But yeah, the top top movies. Gladiator has been up there for a long time. Yeah. We love Gladiator. Yeah. Cool. Those are my recommendations. For so movies. you're you're in the drama section. Of, uh, yeah. Of blockbuster. It, it needs to be a story that just grabs at my heart. Okay. It really does. Cool. I can enjoy, say, the Avengers yeah. Marvel movies. Yeah. Not a whole lot. But they're I can, a palate they're, cleanser. They're a palate cleanser. They're fun. To your Chardonnay. Yeah. Whatever. They, they don't. They don't do a whole lot for me. But they're fun. They're visually appealing. There's lots of movies though that I would say are great movies mm-hmm. that I just think you should watch. No Country for Old Men. Oh yeah. Incredible movie. Mm-hmm. Not even any music in it. Yeah. Incredible movie. Um. Sicario is a mm-hmm. really good movie. There's movies I think you should see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Big Lebowski. I've not seen that. What? My roommate has talked about it a oh, number of man. times. <laughs> hey, oh, JC, I know you're not listening. <laughs> that hurts my heart. Oh. It makes me think of the Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I don't know yeah. why. The words, it makes me think of John Goodman's character in that. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Brother, yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know anything about the Big Lebowski. I'm a I'm a Cohen Brothers like. That's Cohen Brothers as yeah. well. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and uh, oh man, John Goodman's great in both of them, but two very, very, very different. He characters. is in the Big Lebowski as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't even know, but oh, the man. words of the Big Lebowski make me think of John Goodman's character oh, in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. You gotta watch it. <laughs> All oh, right. Oh man. You know what's a recent good one that I was pleasantly impressed by? Justice League. Uh, the Zack the Snyder's Snyder cut? the Snyder cut. Guys yeah. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. See I, I gave up I, I gave up after Batman vs Superman. It was pretty that was pretty bad. Any kind of D C stuff. And then Joker came out, and that was like I saw it probably nine times in the theater. See, see, DC can do good, and I don't know when it is that they managed to do it. For whatever reason, though, Joker is incredible. Yeah, I've only, gosh, I may have only seen it once. I saw yeah. it in theaters, and I was like, "This is amazing," but I don't think I can see it again for a while. Well, nobody wanted to see it with me, and so I was like. I'll go watch it by myself, and then I like now I'm gonna I'll pay for your ticket to get in, and, like just come watch this movie with me. So yeah, great. Ended movie. up like buying nine nine people tickets. Man. For that, but now uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, mm-hmm. it's good. Is it? I think it's absolutely worth watching. As somebody who just other than Joker, I, I it's like three hours long, isn't it? It's four hours <laughs> four. long. <laughs> <laughs> it's but it didn't even feel that long honestly yeah. yeah by the end of it i was like wow yeah. this could have continued huh. it's Inter- really well done interesting it does not have the same scale as something like the avengers yeah smaller cast mm-hmm. smaller kind of feel to it but i think it's got to be among the best superhero movie there superhero movies yeah. there are hmm um, I don't really count the Dark Knight series. That's a different kind of thing. That is a different animal. Different animal. Still DC, but it's it's Christopher Nolan movies, and he kind of just had his way with them, and 
made something great. Yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of disappointed that it didn't go like they kept it. Kind of gave like a little cliffhanger Easter egg at the end of uh, was it Rises? The Dark Knight Rises. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, like he might he might still be alive. Well, no, no, no. Where they they teased uh, Robin. Oh, Robin, right, yeah. right. Yeah, and, and I wish they would have explored that more. Just because I like Joseph Gordon Lovett. I like yeah. I like him as an actor. I think he's a neat guy. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Yeah, those are those are great movies. Yep. Glad you didn't say like uh, I don't know, <laughs> like what Biodome or something like that. You know. I don't even know what that is. What you? Okay, wait. I know what the biodome was. Yeah, but I don't know what it is. So in the movie. there is a there back in the day, there was an actor named uh, Polly Shore, right? Polly Shore made all these movies um, that were kind of the the teen ra- raunchy comedies at the okay. time in the mid nineties, and uh, one was called Biodome. And it had one of the Baldwins in it. I forget whichever Baldwin it was. Probably, probably Alec. I would imagine. Because um, his, who's the the brother? He has a brother who's a Christian, and I think no, he's it an was actor him. Too. It was a Christian. It was okay. yeah. What's his name? Um, we'll just call him Jerry. Okay, Jerry. It's got Jerry Baldwin <laughs> in it. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, it was. It's just one of those Biodome. mindless comedies where these two guys that are stoners get stuck in the biodome for a year and they <laughs> end up having to save everybody, you know. Okay. They come up with a way to save the planet. You know, movies I recommend as well are, I don't even know how to refer to them, the movies that are a trilogy of unrelated movies, uh, which comprise Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. The World's End and Hot Fuzz. Mm, yeah. I love those movies. Yeah. Watched those for the first time with JC, my roommate, some months ago. Never Hot seen Fuzz them. is so funny. So, that's, I think that's definitely the, the best of mm. the three. Yeah. Logan, by the way. Logan is oh, one of my favorite yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. The, the Wolverine. The last Hugh Jackman Wolverine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was really good. I was very surprised at that. Yeah, the the that trilogy was a little odd. The first movie was not good. Mm-hmm. The second movie was really cool, but I I don't remember if I would say it's a a, a well done movie. I, th- yeah, it was it was more artsy because yeah. it was uh, t- it was like focused more on the, his time in Japan. Mm-hmm. And so in that whole love uh, interest, yeah, which was cool, mm-hmm. I thought. But yeah, Logan was Logan was in. That was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm a, I'm a huge horror fan, man. Like, I wasn't allowed to watch them as a kid. Um, I had really bad night terrors. Okay. Until I was like 23, 24 years old, um, but. When I moved out, so when I when I first moved out, I was dirt poor. You know, I was making less than minimum wage, and uh, I would, you know, spend most of my paycheck on just like stupid stuff like that I didn't need, 
just to try to make myself feel better. But one like at the end end of the week, you know, I'd have a little bit of money left over, so it was like I would get to that point where I couldn't buy any more stuff. I couldn't go out and do stuff with friends. So what am I going to do with the last couple bucks I got? And there was this video store, video store called Take Two Video that you could go rent VHSs for 50 cents and get two of them for 50 cents. Oh, wow. So you rent one, get one free, right? Mm-hmm. Take two. Take two. So I would go and I would have a couple bucks because I would buy a pack of cigarettes, a couple cheeseburgers from McDonald's, some Kool-Aid to get me through the weekend, and maybe three or four movies. Or it would be four movies, I guess. So four movies. Four movies for a dollar. For a dollar. Man. Yeah. And I went through one summer, started A in horror, and went all the way to Z. All in horror. All in horror. <laughs> Saw everything. <laughs> I don't remember half of it because there was a lot of crap. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of trash that. and horror. Yeah, um, and some would call it art, and I would have to disagree with them. But I mean, teach but, their own. Yeah, right. you can have your own opinion. Yeah, you can have your own opinion. You can be man. wrong if you want to. That's like your opinion, man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and just loved it. I, I love that it. You know, it takes, takes like real fears, you know, or like it's, it's a controlled fear, I guess. Whereas, uh, all my night terrors were uncontrolled. I had no control over them. And Hmm. then, um, but like a horror movie, I can watch it and they don't freak me out as much now as they used to, but, um, I still enjoy it. I've seen The Conjuring. Yeah, that's a good one. Two. Okay. So the second one. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I made a lot of jokes in the yeah. theater. We went, me and my friend Trent and Bridget. Yeah. We went, hey, guys. Hey, I think Trent might actually listen. Hey, Trent. Bridget, you don't listen. Hi. Um, we went to see The Conjuring 2. Bridget was terrified. Yeah. I was making jokes the whole time. <laughs> there was a point in a very quiet moment when I farted very loud. <laughs> In the theater. <laughs> and me and Trent just like huddled into our seats, shaking with laughter, trying yeah. not to burst out. Um, and yeah, took the opportunity to like talk about the spiritual world after the movie. And I don't remember being very frightened by that. There are definitely movies that I don't want to watch because they creep me out. But also, I just find them gross. If they're too gory, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm not into that. Yeah. I really yeah, like. Yeah, like. Let me disclaim. I like. Uh-huh. I'm not into like the the torture. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That the torture porn is what some people call it. Not yeah. Like the saws and mm-hmm. all that stuff. No. No. Like it has to have some kind of substance. Okay. You know. Yeah. So I I love Alien. Oh yeah. You put that in the mm. horror category, I guess. Yes, sir. I love the first movie. Yeah. We we just watched that pretty recently, actually. Mm-hmm. Um. Listen, I really enjoyed Prometheus too, as in you know, an yeah. uh, extension of that. Um, yeah, I haven't watched a lot of scary movies. Mm. I don't like. I don't really like being really scared. Yeah, I watched Little Women recently. It's great movie. <laughs> <laughs> like the new one? Yeah, the new oh, one. Oh, dude, I loved it, yeah, too. It yeah, so I saw good. it in theater. Highly, highly yeah. recommend it. 
it's yeah. not like alien in, in most ways <laughs> well but, there was that one scene where the, yeah the thing yeah. came out of the chest and little women but other than that it was like a little woman that came out of the chest <laughs> yeah like russian the doll woman. <laughs> we digress <laughs> yeah but yeah uh, but general, okay so yeah. uh like movies like um insidious right and uh poltergeist um have you seen poltergeist at all it's no. steven spielberg I, I know of it oh i didn't know that was spielberg yeah um he's like it was actually toby hooper close encounters time yeah yeah, yeah. well so here's the deal like toby hooper uh was the director of the texas chainsaw massacre okay which in my opinion is an amazing film like he did stuff that has not had never been seen before took the genre into a place that really just forced you know a lot of things to be addressed as far as like culture um but then at the same time did it in such a way that was looked at as as pornography mm. and that's what it was called at the time and so he was pretty much black uh blacklisted blackballed from um uh from film right mm. So anyways, he had this, like, he was kind of brought on to direct uh, Poltergeist. Only if Steven Spielberg was the name, you know, Hmm. uh, on it. So, uh, yeah, it was, like, produced by Steven Spielberg, you know. So, um, did a great job. But, uh, so anyways, where I was going with that is, like, movies that, like, deal, like, on the outside, it's a ghost story, right? This house is haunted by this being. But on, like, right below that is, like, the family dynamic, the family system again, and then um, nods to the culture of the 80s, like the, if you just buy this house, everything's going to be fine, you know? So that's cool. And then it was it was kind of mirrored more recently in insidious where it's, um, kind of, a, a father that doesn't know how to save his son from this thing, you know, his son's in a coma and you just see a kind of a downward spiral in the relationship. Not as well. I, I gotta say not as well as, um, in poltergeist, but kind of the, the downward spiral of the couple and being just like completely helpless and not knowing what to do, but then actually coming together to, to save their son, you know? So stories like that, like uh, they have, they have a deeper kind of feel to them, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've seen the shining. Oh yeah, I like The Shining. Oh man, I saw it for the first time. Uh, what a mind would have been about four years ago now. Okay, what a mind mind f. Yeah, I um, mind fart. Yes, I, I, I. It's another movie that I wouldn't want to watch often, but I do recommend seeing it at least once. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good movie. Stanley Kubrick 
is a really interesting person. Yeah. Um, 2001 Space Odyssey is also a movie I recommend seeing. Once. <laughs> Full Metal Jacket. Let's I haven't just, seen that. Oh, man. I haven't seen it. You wanna, you, if you want to know what the Vietnam War was like, Full Metal Jacket. Okay. Jaws. What do you consider Jaws horror? Yeah. Jaws horror yeah. movie? Great movie. Yeah. Beautiful movie. Yeah. Movies, man. Yeah, they're good. I, I've been watching more of them recently. Mm-hmm. As I've learned to actually appreciate it as a completely legitimate form of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to it's good to uh escape mm-hmm. every now and then. Yeah. And escaping into a book it's like which I absolutely love. It's mm-hmm. my favorite form of escape. Not that I only do it to escape. I'm not, just, you know, it's just an enjoyable thing. Mm-hmm. But if I have two hours at the end of my workday, like, it's nice to be able to just put on a movie, especially one I haven't seen, and eat my food and chill out for a bit. There's a certain level of work involved with reading, mm-hmm. reading a book. And you don't read a book in two hours most of the time. No. Or four hours. Uh, yeah, I'm reading Little Women right now. Okay. Yeah. Inspired by the movie. That's a pretty pretty thick novel, isn't it? It's no, like, it's... Uh, I think it's... Oh, my copy's about War, 500 War pages. War and Peace is... Yeah. War and Peace is a big one. I haven't read that. Well. Do you want to officially wind down and we can... Yeah, take some photos and yeah, we could do it. Okay, this has been really fun. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. So yeah. There's two things I end every episode with. I don't yeah, have much. Up? I don't have much of a of a outro. What's the word I'm thinking of? No. Cue techno music. Yeah, there, there is there is intro and outro music oh, is there? that my friend actually made. That's okay. kind of like groovy techno kind of. Um, now I don't have much structure as far as the whole thing is, is concerned. But I do end every episode now with a recommendation and something to make people laugh. Something that you think is funny, something that brings laughter. I like to end on a high note. Okay. So, a recommendation. A recommendation. We've been recommending movies. Yeah, could it be anything? Anything. Oh, What's good your grief. recommendation for people? Dude, you gotta... These two things are high pressure. That's not gonna work. You gotta narrow it down for your guests, man. Um, ah... It could be something recent, you know? Uh, what recently have you just been like, this is great, you should do this, or you should enjoy this? Or... Let me, let me, give me just a second to think about it. You okay. can get all this out, right? Um, <laughs> something that... I would recommend just random road trips. Just mm. get in your car and don't put Siri on with your with your maps or whatever and just start taking roads that you've never taken before. Um, be careful that you do have cell service because if you do get lost, you can get out. But, I mean, just, just have that, that spontaneity in your life. Um, if you can, I understand people that listen to this might have kids or might have a job that they work at 
25 hours a week or 25 days a week or whatever, you know, uh, just like, yeah, be a little bit more mm. spontaneous in your life. I like that a lot. I haven't got that one so far. Hmm. Good. Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I rarely make time to drive roads. I don't know with no, um, GPS. Yeah. And every time it happens, I'm really grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the best best photographs I've ever taken have been on roads that I've never been down before. Yeah, no, I did that. Um, I did that, and I wrote about it and posted fo- the photos actually, and talked about that evening. Um, in October, it would have. I think it was Halloween night. It's October thirty first. Okay. And I left the coffee shop where I've been hanging out. I think. Yeah, and went driving toward a friend's house that I hadn't been to before. And I think it might have been Prairie Grove area, but just kind of took roads sort of south of Fayetteville that I didn't know mm-hmm. and meandered and pulled over in a field and then pulled over on the side of the road again a few minutes later and just took some photos yeah, just for fun. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful evening. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the second part to that? Something funny. Something that makes you laugh or a stupid joke you have or something. Um, Maybe a funny experience you'd like to share. I think these are the two highest pressure questions I ask people. Yeah. No, this one's easy. Especially because they're at the end. I know know a joke and a funny anecdote that I'm going to tell. So first off, why don't dinosaurs clap? Um. Well, T-Rexes, maybe because they have really short arms. Oh, no, because they're dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's my dad joke. Okay. I'm practicing. I'm getting them Okay, in my It's head. funny because it's, it's like you do you think right away, oh, well, dinosaur, T-Rex. Yeah. Like, yeah, he can't yeah. do that. Okay. You know, I get that question or that, that answer most of the time. Anyways, okay, so that wasn't that funny. So um, <laughs> anyways, Italy, my wife and I are in Italy in uh florence and we hear about this restaurant that we absolutely have to go to we go there and we're walking everywhere we we chose not to get in a car or rent any kind of vehicle we were going to walk everywhere we went so we walked there and it was probably five miles five six miles from our hotel and um we get there and we drank the wine, which was amazing house wine that they make there at the restaurant. That's super cheap. And we ate a ton of food and it was just a beautiful evening. And, uh, after like three carafes of wine, we started heading back to the house or to our apartment or not our apartment, our hotel. <laughs> and so just we're wishing it was your it, apartment. Oh, wish, wish. So, we're heading back and I'm like, man, I got it. You know, like you're drinking wine, you walk and you gotta, you gotta pee. Mm-hmm. So here's, here's the conundrum. And I think, the, I think that they must do this on purpose. Cause if you, you, to use a bathroom at anywhere in Italy, you have to buy something. I didn't want more wine. I didn't want coffee. So I got water. I wanted to kind of sober up. And so I would 
drink my water and I would use their bathroom. But then that was like a vicious cycle of just having to go to the bathroom a couple more blocks away. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> the night is coming to a close and everything closes down really kind of early in Italy. And um, so there were no more shops open and we were still way, uh, probably a mile from our hotel. And I started doing the pee-pee dance. You know, it's like pee-pee dance. And Kelsey's making jokes. And I'm like trying not to laugh. And we get we get to the hotel. And we get into the elevator. And I'm doing the pee-pee dance. And I say something. I pick the most inopportune time to make my wife snort laugh. Like I made her laugh so hard that she snorted, which in turn made me laugh. Like I couldn't hold it anymore. And my pants were (laughs) soaked and the elevator was soaked. And I just like, I'm like, well, this is happening. You got that far. Just got to do it. And so (laughs) like there and man, I'm really sorry to the people that work at that hotel. It was, uh, oh, what hotel was that? I was about to say the hotel floor, but that was in Venice. I forget. I'm really sorry for the the Florence Hotel I stayed at. Um, But the next morning, the elevator stunk, and uh, it, it was just a funny time. And funny moment, and I can tell that story to Kelsey anytime, and she still just busts up laughing. That's and that's great. good. That's a good story. It is. A good I, story. I don't mind peeing my pants. It for makes a, my for wife a, laugh. For a good story like that, yeah. and just yeah, it was a beautiful <laughs> night. And um, man, if you ever like second recommendation, if you ever go to Italy, always order the house wine, no matter where you go. Because it's going to be the cheapest wine, but it's going to be the best wine. It's still going to be better than what you buy over here. Just like this.